0: greetings everyone this is vernon aka V, and this is the hearing colors to kill sounds podcast how are you doing greetings to wherever you are from around the world and thank you to the listeners and yeah we are winding up this last what second book last few chapters for this uh continuing series and I'm really excited that I get the opportunity to go into the third book, which I have never done before. And I will start this practice of actually writing and then having more material for the fourth book so that I can actually finish this fourth book. Even though this year is done and I wanted a large portion of it done, I honestly, this is the end of the year. like. I'm proud of myself for actually finishing the second book on the audiobook series since I started this, and I'm just thankful for you guys listening, and more listeners, and and concentrating on a specific goal. And it sounds like I'm well accomplished, or basically having all of these things lined up with chips, but I'm still an artist, and so I'm not perfect and that's one of the benefits of being an artist is that you you give yourself some leeway but you still hold yourself accountable and this is those instances so like i say the more responses the more you guys like the material and or respond the faster it is that i respond and and i give more insight and more information and more content so yeah let, let's jump into it Okay, so, from my understanding, everybody is in the second book, right? Now, in this particular part of the story, we're dealing with disembodied angeloids, or A-N-G-E-L-U-I-D-S, angeloids. Now, these were figures that I created, obviously indicative of their name, speaking of if they were angels or not. And in the world of Celestial, everything, even if it's spelled a certain way, has a different connotation to it. And it is not just that specifically, it is a numerous amounts of things. And I wanted to craft some characters that experience life for the first time type of mentality and or had this sense of experience something that I had not experienced before or at least cognitively so that I could remember and the thing that came to mind was incarnation or the act of thinking of being born and I wanted this to be The same thing that was important in Celestial because everyone had forgotten their memories, but with some sense of purpose. And so the purpose being as in they they understood that there was something to be had. There wasn't just uh, the questioning that was going on, like in the other installments. The questioning kind of takes over the piece. But in this one, they were investigating Uh, actively, and then two, moving along with the story and all these different characters that were involved. And so I thought it was an interesting notion of having that because when I created it, there were three characters, Palm Lemur, and Om. And I'm thinking of the last character I may or may not have mixed with another, but these were just angelic type of figures which, once again, I I shy away from purgatory, heaven or hell type of descriptions because those things have existed since antiquity. And in the dreamscape, I I had a little more leeway in describing what it was that I wanted to, to say. And so I was like, well, okay. These guys are from here, they're from there, and if it's Celestial, that's even more crazy. So let me make this so that it looks like that. (laughs) Is basically what happened with this story. The, The notion of the characters were larger than life. And I wanted them to be as such, but I still wanted them to have some humanistic aspect of questioning something even if it's incarnation you one would think of a disembodied soul or they think of this floating whoever and then they're making the decisions of okay well I want this in life or I want this or or I want this And, and that's the notion that I wanted the reader and the listener you to understand about these characters is that they aren't aloof, they aren't just out there. They, they are very cognizant and very aware and to the point of it almost being where they're asking uh, Michael and other characters, which I allude to as being an angel or and and having some credence and making the decision of what they wanted to do with said life, and the reasoning and why they wanted it to be that way, it was it was very curious too because it took some time uh, for me to formulate this world and not make it a dream or not make it just some random video game looking type world. If I wanted it to be a bit more wholesome that people could identify with if they were to read it and then come back and read it again. And so the last one was named The Door of a Thousand Destinies. And I mentioned this in, I believe, three podcasts before this one, or maybe two, but A Door of a Thousand Destinies is a play on words for the third book, which if anybody... Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna say it's the fourth book, just because I I know how my mind works, and and I didn't even know that it. it's basically the the fourth book is one hundred and one, well, excuse me, one thousand and one mysteries of ten infinite spaces, and so this one is called A door of a thousand destinies, and I me being cognizant didn't even know that i was to utilize this subject for the the title of the fourth book i just felt that in in most instances when i do stuff or when i make decisions they it comes around full circle and that's how i know that i was on the right track because it it weighs in my my mind it comes back like a a a boomerang or a circle and and then i utilize it so Yeah, these characters, I'm I'm looking at it and and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, it was laced with a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like It's really, I'm really proud of the the writing and things that I did. So now that I'm inspired to write more, I I have to make it just as much in-depth for you guys. And the things that I like about stories are the curious nature or the way that something is introduced and the way that I wrote this was basically to entice the the listener and reader into alliteration and so that the words not only made a colorful uh, dance on your mind but also invited you back to look at them once again there's a great analogy that I like where you go to an event or you go to see um, anything, a performance, and they have gaudy or very flashy clothes. And these things are to entice your your sight and, and forces you to look at it again. And in this instance, I, I wanted the words to do the same thing. <laughs> not just be gaudy and flashy for no reason no I actually wanted them to entice the listener and the reader to look back at it again That means to investigate it and then question it and they'd be like wait what hold on hold on hold on that didn't even make wait what okay oh and and then have these instances of aha moments but then to get a deeper understanding of the story and by no means am I that far in my my head not to consider what the reader which inevitably is my target audience would be thinking and and as any writer or anyone that creates content you have to be aware of that and it's cool to make things confusing which to me, that's easy. That's, that, that's pretty much the easiest thing I could do. But to make it make sense, and to make it have this sense of understanding so that people come back is a challenge. And not often enough do writers get credit for the, the worlds that they craft or the things that uh, they create from their own imagination. And so for me, this was right up my alley, it was right easy, I was like okay let me go ahead and create these three characters and have them have a conversation about incarnation I don't even know what the conversation is going to be, but let them have their own conversation and so, it's Lemur which is the first one that comes, Kalu and Palm, Kalu K-A-L-U and then Palm O M. Now there are three different types of these angeloids, right? And so it's kind of like if you go to a business office or a post office, and everybody's running this way and that way. If you've ever been to a business or a busy post office, <clears throat> and then <laughs> having the aspect of. Understanding what's going on in all the departments, and so, in the one before this one, I I explain and it even says that Palm ran into a line of other souls, sorting experience, confusion, delegates to life. Funny yet oddly jovial, pardon me. The Angeloid inquired, Is this the way to birthing? Of course, a voice saying, At your own leisure, though, the time God is missing. And so, I like leaving cliffhangers and I life leaving things to guessing. And the best lesson that I can give is comic books and how each and every one is a certain amount of pages unless it's a graphic novel and then it leaves the to be continued at the end. Each and every one of those comic books that you see in the store has a to be continued and or just does it in its own way. And so this was my to be continued of course, a voice saying at your own leisure, though the time God is missing. Right. To have, once again, and, and I'm reiterating these things so that you, you understand the tools that I, I placed here, so that people could come back and they felt comfortable with coming back. If they were to put the book down and then go handle something and then come back again, they could easily pick up uh, cognitive, cognitively where they left off. And, and so Love steps picks up where that one left off. And I even lay, named it as such, uh, Love Stamps, because it, it was a play on words, the, the karmic or this dance of life. The the notion, and, and I'm mulling over the subject of incarnation in itself. Now, I'm an artist, okay? I, I have to reiterate this so, 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 so much so that people don't, misconstrued my words for something else artists are meant to be creative they're meant to twist things and to think insanely different because the rest of the world is the rest of the world and artists are meant to be artists so by no means am i anticipating anyone to accept any of these ideals that i have about incarnation they're very very well, maybe someone who knows about this subject way more than me. I'm pretty sure there are a hundred billion, but to have that aspect and to be an expert at something, I just wanted to scratch at the surface. This is not me saying you should do this or that or you should believe in anything. It's quite the antithesis of a science fiction if one is believing the most obscure things as factual. I mean, it very well may, could be, but there's a statue of limitations as, as all things. So what I'm saying is that when, when I created this story, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well this is the conversation that I'm having in my head. This is the notion that I've never, in all of my adult years, had said conversation with myself. I usually would, it wouldn't even get to that point. It would just be like, oh, okay, boom, and then go to another thought. But to actually sit there in a chair and think about, hey, if you were who you are and you had the opportunity to choose your life, every detail of it from start to finish, to put in the surprises, to put in the twists and turns, would you do it? What would it include? Would you remember everything? Who would you want to see? Would you agree with them beforehand and have a conversation on what conflicts and or cool things that you wanted to do? Or would you just speak to yourself and meet them afterwards or on the way to birthing an incarnation or carnation? I sat for days trying to understand what the rest of the world has understood for hundreds of thousands of years in that aspect that they've existed and me just existing for the short amount of time that I was here, but to to get that as a frame of reference and it in the science fiction was somewhat of a challenge. And I was proud because I was like, okay, 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 okay finish that part, and then I went to the next part, it was... The first time that I had done something like that, and I introduced it to a few of my friends uh, online because they have, or are very well versed in art and literature. And poetry is their thing, and and they're very well versed in that too, but they were versed in the, the world spectrum of things. And I wanted to get their opinion on what they thought Uh, words and my cadence and how I utilize them and they were very impressed and and I like this and not just for a pat on the back and ego stroking if it made sense to someone else from a different country then I knew I was on to something and that I, I, I continued and I was like okay all right let's keep going keep moving forward and so the love stamps is a shorter version, and you could see this in the second book, but indefinitely, indefinitely in the. Definitely, indefinitely. <laughs> you would see in the third book how a lot of these have been shortened. And not just shortened because I didn't have anything to say, it just was shortened because. I I sectioned it off in different areas and so usually in the first book something would be at a great length and would be as such and the second book I attempted to chop it down into three parts or two parts and then in the third book I inevitably just chopped it uh, and shortened it and that's why the third book is shorter than the second and first book. Now. The fourth book, I have no idea how long that's going to be. It could be short, it could be long, 200 pages, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some time for that one. And so, the love stamps also, oh, yeah, see, I got on my tangent and, and started talking about love stamps and this is about a whole different other character, that's funny. Uh, His name is Pinder, P-I-N-D-E-R. And the last one that we were talking about was The Door of a Thousand Destinies. And so this one is completely different because it deals with a one-shot that I continued on into a story. And it was basically a gentleman who woke up in a city and forgot that he had a family. And he goes off into the outskirts of the city because he was having this insane amount of fun in the said city. He basically woke up rich and woke up in decadence and woke up next to a whole bunch of people who wanted to do themselves and have fun. And in this memory lapse, he goes off into the distance and and realizes one of the most egregious things he had ever done was forget that he had a wife and forget that he had a child. And so he goes off and apologizes to them and, and tells them to forgive him for such an egregious thing. And so it, it basically says, Second moon reticent, Pinder revealed moments, heaven sense, soberly drunken problems, care away prince. royalty bound causality present vents. How do you do introductions, arid vents, veiled intent shun cadences, Wealth-plastered homeless refugee addresses asked for assistance, feigned ignorance. Unclear inner turmoil garnered firework catalyst. Mass worth propagating golden eclipse. Chose to whisk beloved's back from which they fame, unknown residents. Immediately realized ramifications forgot harmless fragrances. Now, this one and many others i laced so i'm going to spend the next podcast talking about it and i thank you all listeners uh meditate on that for a while and we will get back into what love stamps actually means so thank you all happy new year happy 2022 oh man you're gonna be excited oh wait till i bring out some more cool stuff this is v aka vernon english and thank you so much peace peace